Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Lydia Yes Tell me what you're doing, how are you feeling? Um, it's quite, um A feeling It's mixed emotions I suppose You know, we're I feel that we're being looked, we're being frowned upon by the people ahead. Um, Who are the people ahead? Um, there's Australian flags and, you know, I can only see white people. Um, and we've come with our Aboriginal flags and our banners of, of all the massacres um, that this country needs to acknowledge and pay respects to our fallen. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got butterflies in my belly for some reason and we shouldn't have that feeling. We should feel part of this today mm. and hopefully um, one day we can. Um, just describe the scene looking up in, into the distance for our listeners. Um, well, there's a beautiful big mountain. It's the first thing I see that you know forms part of the sky but below that is a um, a building built by the colonisers and uh, I suppose that reflects for these fellas um, and, and for us to a certain extent because we've, you know, we've got to respect our fallen Aboriginal soldiers um, a building um, to commemorate the, the, the wars um, from a colonisers perspective um, and then a you know a sea of of um, people. Uh, I think our Aboriginal soldiers um, are at the front of that that sea, um, and at the back is us to um, acknowledge our our frontier wars. And you're standing here facing the war memorial with the 10 MCT your back, you're holding a large Aboriginal flag high over your head how does it feel in Anzac Day 2017 as a, as a proud Aboriginal woman to be standing here um Are you proud I just well I am a proud Aboriginal woman but it's just like you know I've been doing this since I was my daughter's age, nine and, and younger and it's like how much longer do we need to be doing this this stance in this country for our people to be acknowledged for what, you know, for the wars that we've had to endure and the, the pain and suffering we've had to endure to be on equal footing in this country. So it's, it's a little bit... I, I'm just frustrated that we've got to continue to, to do this and um, because this country um, won't... You know, they just won't acknowledge the truth. They won't tell the truth. So, yeah, we'll just have to keep on doing this. And and my nine-year-old beside me, she's got her flag. And, you know, hopefully she's not doing that when she's in her 40s. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. How are you guys feeling before the march? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a big couple of days in the lead up to it, so 
Yeah, yeah. What did, what's what's the couple of days been like for you? Um, no, really good. Really um, good discussions and organising. Um, it's good to connect with people from all over the country as well in these rallies. Mm. So yeah, it's great. What are you hoping for today? Um, hoping for a peaceful um, walk, um, a respectful one, and yeah. Rain coming down, what does that signify? Raining on their parade almost. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, sweet. Some of them think that this this um, concept is, is essentially raining on their parade. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's it's about changing mindsets and, and opening up to the to the to think a different way. Think about, you know, indigenous perspectives of history and um, if we're to call ourselves, you know, a unified nation, then we need to look at um, both sides of history, you know, and integrating that as the whole, you know. Why is that important? I think it's important for the reconciliation of, you know, everybody, the nation mm. as well. Yeah. Is that important for white people too? Yes, definitely. I think it's, yeah, you can't have reconciliation without the other party. Just um, start by saying your name. Um, Maureen, Maureen Davis, uh, Ewan Nation. Yeah. And just tell our listeners where we are right now. Um, we're on the corner of um, Constitution Avenue and Anzac Parade. And what are you looking at as you look around? I'm looking at many peoples around, um, servicemen. Um, it's a big day. It's, it's an exciting day. It's, it's um, yeah, it's a sad day, but there are many servicemen, um, women, many Aboriginal or original owners, um, um, here together for uh, the ceremony today. What ceremony are we at here today? We're here for the um, frontier wars and uh, conflicts, um, uh, looking at um, respect towards our men and women who um, had gone to war um, for and on behalf of, um, of their country, who fought in those wars, and also looking at um, the earlier years of conflict and uh, um, the conflicts that did take place here on grounds of Australia in the early years of um, 1788 and leading on to. Why is this day important for you? Um, on several, several, uh, there's several reasons. It's important. Um, some of my people did go to war to fight for their country and here also um, is looking at respecting those people um, who did go, men and women, um, uh, to identify and recognise and uh, respect, to give respect to those who did um, take place in the different types of wars that did take place. Anzac Day is a day for, we're told, the National Memorial of all soldiers who've fallen in all wars in Australia. Why do you think it's important that the frontier wars be recognised on, on this event? It's no difference to um, 
There's no difference to um, other countries where it's been identified um, as um, war conflicts that did take place on their country. Here, again, it was the innocent who were victims of um, germ warfare, weaponry warfare um, and other conflicts that did take place. And what do you think it means for the future of your, your family and your community for this day to be recognised? Is it, is it important? It is very important. Healing is not able to go ahead until truth be told. And truth needs to come forward and be told before treaty can be talked about. We just got to square it off so people can read along there and at the back there, see? It's quite a big banning you've got here. It is. I don't know how um, how long it is. How many people are carrying it? Can you count it there? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people carrying it. And that's all the massacres on there. And that's all the massacres on there. And that's one, one banner. One banner. And the one up in front, and there's another one at the back. And we've still got 200 to be recorded. Yeah. Wow. How does it feel as you step onto Anzac Parade here? Just looking down there now, and it's raining. And that rain is not going to stop us. So we will march with pride and get our mob recognised as... We have to remember them. Mm. Tell me about it. No, me and Annie Maureen just talking about it. It's getting emotional. It's getting real now. We're going to march down that way. And in spirit, we're taking our old people with us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's starting to... Just saying, it's starting to get emotional now. Yeah. Um, You know... You know, all these kids jumping around over here with the Philippines star, signs, Marshall signs, Chinese signs, you know. And we're right here at the back, you know, with our recording of all the massacres all around, in, around Australia, you know. Mm. And now starting to get emotional now, mm. once we start stepping off, I suppose. Yeah. And it'll be raining and, you know, tears will be flowing, you know, so, yes. Mm. That'll be great tears, you know. Proud tears. Yeah. Mm. You're listening to the Radioactive Show with voices from the Frontier Wars March, which took place in Canberra on the 25th of April 2017. Uh, The night before the Anzac Day March and the Frontier Wars March, there was a small peace concert held in Canberra. I'm going to play you a track now from that concert performed by Winniata who has done a lot of work around the Canberra Tent Embassy for Aboriginal rights. A Cherokee Indian um, chant that I'd like to share with you. So if you could repeat after me. Oh. 
The boundless universe, the boundless universe, wearing our long tail feathers as we fly, clapping go ahead and uh, yeah we'll just change the beat and uh, enjoy
months I've here. 2015. Yeah. yeah, a few other times. Keep talking, it's good. Well, I'm just testing. Up over here now, you only wanted one fella. <laughs> what, you only want to talk to him now, or what? No, no, it's good, it's good. It's good, can well, we get to talk to him or what? Lydia, Lydia. Oh, we're wearing it. I've got to go on TV now. Uh, don't, radio's more important. TV more important than <laughs> no, no, no. see me. Yeah, yeah but they radio. See me on radio. Well, I can't go on TV, I've only got a face for radio, so. <laughs> oh, oh. That's him, David, uh, it's alright, I'll cut it out if no one wants it, it's all good. There you go. Can we just start by um, going around and saying your names and maybe where you're from? Yeah. Uh, Serene Fernando, I'm Gamillory. Yeah. Lydia Thorpe, Gunai Gunichmara. Fred Hooper, Murray Republic. Yeah. And can we just um, say where we're sitting right now? Uh, we're at the Aboriginal Ten Embassy in Canberra. Yeah. And, and what's going on here? Uh, we're having sovereignty workshops, but also organising for the Frontier Wars uh, march uh, tomorrow. Yeah. What's uh, what's sovereignty mean? Independence. Total independence. Yeah, uh, self-determination, autonomy. Yeah, self-determination and, and continuing, um, you know, our, our practices that we've been doing since the beginning of time. Why is that important? Uh, it's in, important not only for our survival, but the survival of this country. Yeah, in terms of sovereignty, I think it's a, it's a fundamental human right for all people on the planet. And when it's not fully um, asserted or recognised, uh, it limits the progress and growth and, of people in their ability to thrive and be healthy and everything. Well, sovereignty is independence, mm. self-governance, mm. and making decisions about country, for country, and for your people within your country. So, you know, um, giving everybody within your country a fair go, mm. um, doesn't matter whether they're black or white, um, that's what sovereignty is to me, and independence is to, to the Murawari, is that it's... It's about our own governance, making decisions about our own utilities, um, ensuring that our, our citizens um, are prospering, uh, and also to to recognise and understand that that our culture, our governance was here before, you know, and um, I suppose also you know having the ability to evolve um, the same as every other nation around the world is involving into new governance, new governments, new structures, new development, mm. prosperity for, for, um, for your citizens as well. Mm. Do you want to talk about sovereignty? No. Yeah. Just keep talking about sovereignty. Um, Your experience? Well, we've never ceded our sovereignty, mm. um, and I think that it's important that you know a lot, our people get to know what that means particularly um you know we've never given up our rights and we've always maintained our identity and culture and um, customs and it's it's a misunderstood word Mm. 
A lot of our people don't understand the word sovereignty. But sovereignty is simply independence. Mm. Sovereignty is that you own your country. Mm. Um, you know, and within a within a constitutional constitutional country or a constitutional monarchy or a kingdom, the sovereignty lies with the king or the queen. And they claim that sovereignty through their God given right, through the Bible, through um, their their ancestry back to I don't know whether it's King David or someone like that in a foreign country. Mm. Whereas our sovereignty um, is vested in the people. So, for example, in the Murray Republic, our sovereignty is vested in the people. The government is there to manage that sovereignty and to manage the independence and manage the government um, and govern that country. Um, so sovereignty is a misunderstood word for some people. If you, if you compare sovereignty and independence, they're, they're the same thing. Mm. Okay? So you're an independent, sovereign nation. Mm. That means that, you know, unless you're invaded or, or unless you, you know, they declare war on you and, and that as well, other countries can't tell you what to do in your, in your, in your, in your country. Mm. And if you look up the word, you know, treaty, or if you look at treaty, um, it's just an agreement between two sovereign countries that's ratified within a nation, but also to make that internationally legal, it has to be ratified through legislation. In that country, so so the the country has to now then pass legislation to to um, enforce that, that that treaty within within the country. Mm. So if it's if it's a treaty on trade, if it's a treaty on recognition, there has to be legislation within that country to say that as well. Mm. So, yeah. So, Serene, just going back to you said you talked about sovereignty helps everyone to grow. Uh, one of the mainstream arguments given is that. Um, one of, the, one of the mainstream arguments given to sometimes impede on Aboriginal sovereignty, say, for instance, in Queensland with the Adani mines, we need to impose on your sovereignty for the growth of the country, the growth of the economy. How would you respond to that? Isn't that growth? Isn't that what we need? I think that the fundamental principles that are applying, like you, you're talking about capitalism and, and, you know, like indigenous ways of, of living and being, it's not around, you know, what you can dig up out of the earth and, and create wealth and jobs for people. It's about, you know, longevity on this planet. It's about, you know, having a healthy lifestyle, but also a healthy connection with the land and that the land is part of us. It's living. And when you destroy that, you destroy a part of yourself. Yeah. But, but I think it's, it's, um, it's about looking after Mother Nature, Mother Earth, you know. And I think that Mother Earth has rights as well. Mm. So it's a living being. They don't see Mother Earth as a living being. They see it as a planet. They see it as something that we can, we can uh, exploit, something that we can destroy and not give any regard to. But you have to have some rights, you know. Mm. Without the trees, we wouldn't be here. They give us our oxygen. So if you destroy all the trees, you destroy your oxygen. You dig up all of that carbon that's in the ground, then they're releasing that carbon back into the into the air, right? The trees are the ones that breathe in the carbon dioxide that we breathe out. So, so the carbon that's been put back into the atmosphere 
if you've got less trees to absorb that and absorb it in sinks, large sinks mm. within the ground, like trees and 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 uh, biomatter and all that, you're not looking after the country. So economic prosperity at the detriment of Mother Nature and Mother Earth is a bad thing. Mm. If you if you if you're looking at economic development, then you know it's not all about money. Um, economic development could be somebody sustaining their family in a fully sustainable way, whether it's through through um, you know their own gardens, community gardens, providing for for local communities. It's not about huge mining companies coming in and digging up the land and and government giving a billion dollars to Adani mm. to kickstart them. Yet they haven't got enough money to fix the most important river system in this country. Um, you know they're, they're running out of money. So sovereignty and pro- prosperity um, doesn't always come at that cost. Mm. There are countries around the world now that are going into renewable energies. They're doing um, a lot of things to reduce their emissions. So, so prosperity and sovereignty is is not about destroying the landscape. Mm. It's about living with the landscape and uh, doing the best that you can with it. So given the context of all this, and we're sitting here in the 10 Embassy, what does the term frontier wars mean to you? And what's your experience around these, the ongoing frontier wars? Well, it started with the first shot in 1770 when he came into Sydney Cove and he he shot that gun Mm. 20 minutes. The, the first shot is recorded in the Gwagel Shield. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, uh, it's now sits over in one of the museums over in the UK, but uh, and Cook took it as a, you know, um, what do you call it, artifact of his journey here. But there's actually a bullet hole in it. So, yeah. and it's it's if you look at um, what Marbo said, Marbo said that the the fiction of Terranalius wasn't true like it was fiction mm-hmm. it, it wasn't but then they created a new principle under under the doctrine of occupation and they called it peaceful settlement so Australia was a peacefully settled country is, is that an oxymoron well that's that's a lie it's yeah. the same lie as Terranalius yeah yeah so so they they've replaced replaced one lie with another yeah and it's testament of, of the, the names that are on the yellow banners of the massacres that, occur, that occurred in this place from that first shot in 1770. Mm. Um, and it's still happening today. Mm. Forced removal out of communities. Right? Um, so the frontier wars have just changed slightly from killing people to moving them off their country, to coming in, bulldozing their houses, bulldozing their communities. So um, we're still fighting the frontier wars. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I I think that it's recognition of all of those massacres that took place and all of those fights that took place. Not all of us ceded. We never ceded our sovereignty. So, you know, there was no treaty signed. Mm-hmm. We 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 um, we fought, you know. It's evident 
through all the with all the warriors, you know, that that, that stood up to the white man when they were here, and and I think it was the Gummeroy that that had the Seven Year War with them up up on you know on that Queensland border, so there was a Seven Year War, but after that Seven Year War there was no treaty signed, so yeah, I think you know it's um, replacing one lie with another lie, and still not accepting the fact that we've never ceded our sovereignty, we were never conquered people. They tried to conquer us, and that those massacres are evidence that they tried to wipe us out. So, you know, they they stand up here on Anzac Day and they remember Gallipoli, which was which Australia lost anyhow, you know, um, or the rest of the world lost, um, and they commemorate it. You know, what do you think that says about white Australian identity? That our most important national day is the failed invasion of another country that never did anything to us. the same as celebrating the the invasion of this country on the 26th of January. That's like dancing on our people's graves. Um, Australia's got a lot of um, soul-searching to do, I think, and, and that should begin with its first people. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honoured and proud of, of my people um, for allowing us to, you know, be the survivors of the genes- the continued genocide today, um, and you know, I'd I'd like to know who's responsible. Who's going to take responsibility for the amount of massacres that occurred during those frontier wars? Who is responsible? Who's answerable for the thousands, hundreds of thousands of our people who were murdered and massacred? I mean, um, you know, we're, we're some states are, are talking about treaty. You know that should be the first and foremost discussion we have, and you know events like tomorrow should prompt those discussions to to start happening. Mm. Mm. But, but I think also I think it goes back to the head of state. When when he planted that that flag, that so-called flag that he planted, he claimed the land on behalf of the king. Mm. Like I said, in a, in a in a, um, in a monarchy. The king holds the sovereignty, so he 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 claimed this this so-called the so-called claiming of this land is for one person. It wasn't for the British people. It was for one person, the King of England, mm. um, and that's carried that's carried through uh, to the Queen today. Mm. So yeah. Mm. So just. Going back and talking about the, the growth that you mentioned earlier, not the economic growth, but the growth of our humanity, if you like, how important is recognising the frontier wars? How important is recognising... Sorry, just going to say it again. How important is recognising the frontier wars for our growth as a community, as a culture, as a country? Well, I think it's, it's really important in terms of, you know, part of the healing of the nation as, as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of trauma and... Um, the only way to heal it is to take a really good look at it, you know, and acknowledge it. And um, and a lot of it's not talked about, like, you know, a lot of people don't know that all these massacres happened, you know, like hundreds in this country, and that people were, you know, there was an attempt to wipe them out. So until that's acknowledged, you know, how can a nation heal from that trauma? Do you see any connections between the frontier wars, the sovereignty movement, and the uh, the push for a treaty, or, or does that make it worse, or does it make it better? What what are the connections there? Do you see any? 
Um, absolutely, it's connected. I mean, it, you know, Serene's just talked about, you know, part of our healing. Um, we need we need this country to acknowledge the past wrongs. You know, sorry isn't enough. Obviously, that that's done nothing. But we need to have meaningful acknowledgement of the past wrongs, beginning with our frontier wars and the reparations around that, around, you know, and it's not just about money. It's about, um, you know, bringing, bringing, allowing those, those that are affected the, um, the healing and um, lost it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Bringing those affected. Yeah, so it's it's about beginning with with a healing process and an acknowledgement process and a and a truth and, and recognition or or reparation type um, commission that looks at these these atrocities that have happened in this country and looking at ways to reparate those atrocities from ever happen, happening again as well. Um, and then, move, you know, being able to, to move forward through some kind of negotiated treaty um, at a, you know, with equal footing at the table. Are, are you hopeful that this is going to happen? It probably won't happen in my lifetime. Um, the way things are going, um, but certainly we could set up the framework for something to, to, you know, to happen in the in the future. I think it needs to happen. You know, it's the only sort of reasonable or responsible thing to do um, for the leaders of this country. You know, if they have the best interest of their children and their grandchildren. Um, in mind, they will want to deal with this now and not pass it on to the next generation. Why do you think this will affect their children and grandchildren? The like, the, it's unfinished business, you know, and it will keep coming up until it's dealt with. And and yeah, if they don't um, deal with it, then it will be passed on to the next generation. Yeah. And what sort of future might that be for your kids, your grandkids? If it's not, what what are your fears? But also, what are your hopes? Like, what what can you see is possibly coming out of this as maybe some positive or good things too? Well, you know, my hope is that, you know, the nation takes a really good look at the issue of sovereignty. You know, its head of state is, is still a foreign queen from another country. Um, you know, start to look at its own national identity and, and start to think about actually, you know, cutting them ties from the mother country and, and becoming a, a nation in itself. And at that point, you know, I think it would be reasonable that they could, um, they need to deal with the issue of our sovereignty has never been ceded and that in order for this nation to truly emerge as a sovereign uh, nation in itself, it needs to come to the table and meet with the Indigenous peoples and, and deal with that issue of sovereignty never ceded because, you know, we're still here, you know, the, with all the attempts that were made, we're still here. And I just want to pay my respects to the people at the at the embassy, at the Aboriginal embassy. You know, I mean, they they're maintaining the fight, the struggle that's been here for forty plus years. That that was started to um, you know to to make sure that 
um, this country know that we're here and we're here to stay. Um, so I just, you know, we've got a lot of tents around us here at the moment um, and we've been meeting for the last three days and, you know, it's not easy to, to live in a tent with no power, water and toilet facilities so I just want to pay my respects to the people at the embassy for, you know, for maintaining the stay for for us to come here and continue the political discussions that need to happen. Mm. Is there anything else you would like to add to to say to the people of Melbourne, the people of Australia? Um, I think, you know, it's time that, uh, you know, the government tends to want to handpick Indigenous leaders in this country. I think it would be really good if the Australian um, people are interested to hear what, you know, our community leaders have to say. You know, come to us if you want to find out what's going on. Yeah, and also for, you know, white Australia to to seek out the truth of the real history of this country and talk to Aboriginal people about how they feel about being first people in this country. Um, because, we, you know, we don't want to continue in this state of, of war. We want peace. And we can't do that by ourselves we need we need white followers to walk with us and um, but to do that you have to have a, an understanding of what this is about that's, that's really awesome thank you mate what's um so can you just describe the banner for people the banner is a big yellow one of all the recorded massacres of our people in Australia from the beginning to the, and it's still happening now that's why like stop the wars we fought for your freedom and you took our freedom we're trying to it's got to be acknowledged that our people captain cook didn't discover australia our people got massacred for it yeah that job was already done how how big is the banner talk about how many people you can see holding it this um this one we have there's eight people holding this banner but most of the banners there's about eight people holding them all there's and there's hundreds of um, massacres not recorded on here yet. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel like this is Australia's history laid bare? Oh, it is. It's like when you look at all these um, banners, it's you can see yourself, oh, yeah, they talk about your own massacres and this massacre and that massacre, but when you see it all on these sheets, like laid out of the dates and hundreds and hundreds of... It's just... Uh, and then there's still hundreds that are unrecorded. So it's pretty wild. Why is it's it an awesome sight. Mm. Yeah, it's very important. Why? It's important that our massacres, the the truth be told. It's you can never move forward to reconciliation, close any gap, until it's acknowledged. Yeah. And like you know, I think what's happened so far, mostly the government's been embarrassed into doing some things for Aboriginal people because of social media and now we have a voice mm-hmm. well you can't shut us up now <laughs> we'll never be shut up that's brilliant that's brilliant and why shouldn't we be shut up why shouldn't because we be shut up because this is our people yeah. this is our land we, we we can truly heal the people of this land and our land it's time to heal mm-hmm.
Yeah. And we can heal this land. We're the oldest of everything. We're the first astronomers. We're the first bushfire fighters. We knew we didn't need all these buildings and all this money and schools and that. We yeah. had our own ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we survived quite fine. This country was before Captain Cook came. And how have you survived since the since the frontier wars? How have you managed to keep going? We just keep like our, like our families from. Even though it wasn't right, we, we still got told stories of our people and of our traditions and we still pass it down to all of our kids yeah. and our grandkids. Why is that important? Because it'll die. If it dies, it's, what's going to happen to our land? Mm. Our people, we're trying to heal our people. Mm. It's been long enough. All the healing, we need to take a stand now, stop all the deaths in custody, stop all the Don Dales, just heal. We need to heal this country. And you know what? We can work with them. We can heal all the people in this country as well. Mm-hmm. We're the healers. Amen. And we need to heal this country. They're, you know, we, we need to rub off all them, their lines that separate every state. Because mm. our song lines are the, the lines for this country. Yeah. And our dreaming tracks. And that's where it's got to go back to. Like, we, you want us to move up? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be good. Cool. And it's awesome sight, isn't it? All these flags. It's it's awesome, and it's. What flags can you see? All the less we forget. All the massacre flags. It needs to be acknowledged. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we sure will, Mike. Are you struggling with Australian history there, Arnie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like terrible. It's good to see, but it's getting acknowledged by us and it needs to be acknowledged. The, the world needs to see it. And it's not just our people that have been massacred, the traditional owners of all the countries of the world. Mm. You know, they, they're all them countries, they were massacred just for progress. Mm. But we're taking it all back. We, we've got to help heal. And they've got to come forward to our party now. <laughs> My name is Christine Palmer. I'm a woman from Central Australia. And what are you doing right now? I'm going to join the Frontier Wars walk. Yeah. And I'm going to be carrying my poster, or what's this, for the Tanganan, which is my family at Barra Creek. What happened up there? The, a big massacre happened there. And that's my mob there as well, at the Coniston Massacre. Just read, can you read the whole sign out for us? Lest we forget the Frontier Wars, 1928, Coniston Massacre, near Yindamu, Northern Territory, 12 weeks of hunt and kill by police, up to 170 Walpuri, Amadjara and Kadij dead. 
What does that mean for you, reading that right here now? Emotional, because um, I um, um, told my family that I will be representing all the little Wambarakilias, little possums from that area. So I will be walking um, with the spirit of my all my cousins and sisters, niece and nephews from the Catic area. Is that important to you and why? It is very important that um, our, our people are, are remembered. They were our old people. Mm. I heard that at Barra Creek, the um, settlers that were going through took hold of my old people, the old women, and held on to them for a while. And the old men wanted to start walking and, you know, move away. And they wouldn't allow, let, let them old ladies back. So they went over there and grabbed their wives and that, and their daughters. And, well, then they started getting shot at. And there is a, a um, story and songline at Barrow Creek, but I don't know it. Has it been lost? No, it hasn't. It hasn't been lost. Just that I haven't, um, I don't speak language. I wasn't allowed to speak language because of that policy that time. I was born in that era where um, we weren't allowed to, um, my mum and that wasn't allowed to speak in their native tongue. Mm. Why is it important for you to be here today? To remember? Um, remember that there was killing of our, our people. It's very important. Why do you think it's important that we as an Australian community remember these killings? Well, FNL, you know, you came to our our part of the country and, you know, um, to graze and to develop and everything without permission, you know, and to get there you, not you personally, but your your mob, you know, had to kill Getting a few claps there, sis. How does that feel? Oh, that's good. Yeah, pride, I guess. So. Being acknowledged.
And you've been listening to the Radioactive Show with voices from the Frontier Wars March, which took place on the 25th of April 2017 in Canberra. If you'd like to hear extended interviews with some of the people you've heard today and interviews which took place at the Tent Embassy in the days leading up to the Frontier Wars March, go to 3cr.org.au and download the Radioactive Show podcast with plenty more for you to hear from the voices of Aboriginal people. This show was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people in Melbourne, Victoria. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook, The Radioactive Show, or at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. The Radioactive Show is broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network.